Welcome to Unreal Radio, where three, sometimes four, but also sometimes just two film industry professionals get together around a table to discuss the top horror, sci-fi, and fantasy news. I am Six Carolino, and... I'm Casey. It's another dynamic duo episode. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Six? I'm doing pretty excellent. But, you know, sad Monica's not here, but we're awesome. Yeah, we're awesome. Monica, miss you. <laughs> Today's news segment features a lot of new releases, some positive notes and some not so much. But our Unreal Pitch segment is going to be pretty sweet as we take on Gerald's Game. I, I, I'm so excited about that. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. You know, Netflix has, has been really knocking it out. And I think this is this is two in a row for us to do a pitch mm-hmm. for a Netflix movie. That's cool. I like pitching Netflix movies. Yeah. That keeps us current on what's happening on Netflix and yeah. we all can watch. And I think that Gerald's Game came out last year, technically. Mm-hmm. But like, the fact that it's, 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 uh, it's ha- it has some staying power. Usually, you know how Netflix just kind of shuffles things off once they're... All right, they made a hit, bye. Uh, but yeah, it, it's real real sweet to get some... I don't want to say like a, one of the little indie films, because it's not. <laughs> it's, no. it's Netflix, but uh, no, this is definitely like a real tight, tight movie. Not a, not a huge cast. I liked it. I will, I'll admit I will watch it. I'm going to watch it a third time. Watched it twice already to Damn. get ready for the pitch. Damn. <laughs> there was so much I missed the first time. Second time... I need a third watching, because the more you get into the dialogue and the dynamics of the characters and what's going on. Did you read the book? I didn't. That's on the to-read list. So I read the book before I saw the movie, and I mean, when I say before I saw the movie, I mean like 10 years ago or so, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I was, there wasn't a whole lot that they changed, but what they did change, kind of like, oh, okay, it was, it was real subtle, and I think that the, the casting was really on point. I was happy about that. I love the casting. Yeah. But first, before we get into any of that, let's break down the news. We'll talk about the box office. Ooh, good stuff happening at the box office for horror. Well, especially one that you are a favorite of now, A Quiet Place. Ooh, I enjoyed A Quiet Place. You saw it this weekend with Molly, is that right? I saw it with my teenage daughter. She really gets into the jump scares. She gets fully engaged into the movie. And we saw it at most, so... Oh, <laughs> that sound... Our seats were vibrating. It was. It just added a whole new dynamic to this movie. And what was great, I saw nothing about it. I knew nothing what was going in, other than John Kransky was in it, and she loves Office. So I, th- this is something that I've been keeping my eye on for a minute because of the cast, but I didn't really know anything about the movie itself beyond these people are in it. So I'm, I'm just very excited to eventually see it. I think moviegoers, you yourself, keep it that way. Don't read about it. Don't watch the trailers. Go in unknown to see it. Sweet, sweet. And I, the fact that it's in Atmos is like a double I need to see it. Because any th- anytime that something is Dolby Atmos, I, I make a point. Just because I'm an audio guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So Quiet Place takes a not-so-quite $50 million. That's first place. Excellent. Yeah, Good job. First weekend, too. And a $17 million budget. Wow. Wow. Big profit margin. I'm glad to see that they're doing well. It was beautiful. I mean, he wrote, John Kransky wrote, directed, and starred in it. I um, really enjoyed the uh, the lighting, the sound design, the feeling, the atmosphere. Very simplistic movie. Definitely going to be a modern classic. It felt like watching an old horror movie. What really struck me was the originality of it. Where we have all these remakes, updos, whatever you want to call them. There is still room with so much originality out there. And shows that Hollywood and other people can do it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I wish I knew who the production company and distributor was, just because this is a smaller, smaller product, I think. And I'm I'm curious as to 
like how how the budget was used uh, i don't want to like that. yeah i'm trying to not spoil anything for myself but yeah yeah I, i'm curious how how big things were just in terms of uh very simple uh, actually yeah, yeah. okay would, would you compare it to something like say gerald's game <laughs> yeah okay simplicity just in terms of that scale mm-hmm. cool okay that's cool that movie kind of reminded me of that movie we saw last summer it comes at night it comes at night <laughs> that simplistic abandonment feeling mm-hmm. had that same feel and tone, so really thought you would enjoy this one. Limited cast and a lot of like practical lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, cool. I I am excited to see it. Some things are bone crunch, just make you just skin crawl. I haven't I haven't even watched a trailer to be honest with you. I just know that it exists, and when like I saw the the poster and the cast I was like, well, I'll see that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So. Once you see it, we're going to have to have our second discussion about it. I am down. I am down. I might go see it again with you. Okay. Well, second place is Ready Player One. This is its second weekend, raking in $24.6 million. Not too shabby, but that's a pretty big gap between that and Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's, that's expected, though. Um, last weekend, they were in first at a... Total of $96.5 million domestic and $393 million worldwide. That's a pretty big profit margin for a $175 million budget. Wow. Did you see it yet? I did, yeah. I I, I enjoyed it, I guess. Probably like a six, six and a half, maybe seven out of ten. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the throwbacks. and like I, I love video games so much that mm-hmm. I, it's, it's cool to see some of my favorite characters on that screen. And, and they were fighting alongside other people. And that, that was, that was kind of cool. Um, but it was also a little too long, and maybe the script had some some real uh, cringy oh, moments. What was the runtime? <laughs> it, it was over two hours. I think it was like two, two, two and a half, oh. two twenty, something like that. Yeah, it was it was longer than it needed to be, but I guess it wasn't Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's fine. Um, but in third place is blockers uh or cock blockers Ooh, I, I prefer <laughs> cock blockers cock blockers uh this is its first weekend raking in 20.5 million dollars on a 21 million dollar budget i'd say it's probably gonna make its money back but who knows this is a pretty interesting cast too mm-hmm. john cena yeah he's come his comic his comedic chops are showing coming out i think people don't give wrestlers enough credit for being good actors because that's, that's what their job is, technically, just to act. Mm-hmm. And there's fighting in there, too. Was that its first weekend? Yes. I think it's funny how they had it planned when WrestleMania came out. That was this <laughs> yeah, weekend. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've been seeing posts from my friends commenting on it. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't watch it, so I can't really say anything myself. Yeah, but, I didn't either. Okay. Uh, I'm not, not the biggest wrestling fan, but when it's on, I'll watch it. So I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah. Keep it on. Kid, kid used to be involved in it, but I think the first time this year... Jerry Lawler's downtown had a watch party for WrestleMania on Bill Street. <laughs> yeah, uh, a buddy of mine was, I don't know if he was at Jerry Lawler's, but he was at some watch party, probably in downtown. Pro- uh, probably, fine. That's where he lives, so I would just imagine. Uh, but yeah, he, he said it was a real big turnout, and apparently some there, there was some like some bullshit that happened, but Ronda Rousey's fight was dope or something. I heard like the ladies' fight were really exceptional this year. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. That's awesome. Um, what? Asuka? Who? As- Asuka? Asuka? Is that, a, is, that a, uh-huh. is that a person? I feel like something happened there, but I don't remember what it was because I don't 
known about wrestling. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Yeah. What were you saying? I was going to say, uh, back on John Cena, I mean, well played with cock blockers coming out. He hosted Nickelodeon. Hey. Did you see the Nickelodeon thing with his, um, he hosted it, of course, in the big intro. They did a kind of Stranger Things throwback oh. with John Cena. Okay. Go back and watch the clip. Very funny. I will. I will. I enjoy his movies when he's actually being funny. When he's being too serious, I'm like, no, stop. So, yeah, go home. <laughs> I can't watch 12 <laughs> rounds again. It's, no. But uh, yeah, no, okay. That's cool. I'll check that out. And of course, in fourth, Black Panther is still holding strong in its Yay! eighth week. And didn't it just knock Titanic out of the water? Yes. For top grossing? Yes. It, uh, it, it beat it out in record time, I think, too. Um, again, it's only been in there for eight weeks, uh, but it's got a $1.3 billion world total at the moment, and they're holding strong at fourth uh, for $8.7 million. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's nothing, you know, 8.7, uh, but at the same time, top four, still, still. It's going to steamroll until this, it's going to just roll everything out till the summer. I think that Marvel at this point is just kind of like, yeah, you know, we know. It's good. Yeah. Keep keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Well played, Marvel. Following up with Avengers coming out in a few weeks. Oh, my God. Why'd you remind me? I'm so like, oh, geez. (laughs) Are you ready for it? Like I am, but at the same time, I'm I'm not. Simply because I know I'm not going to get a chance to see it until maybe mid-May. So, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that nobody spoils it for me, but someone probably will. Nah. I won't spoil it for you. Yeah. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so that's the top box office. Well, I'd say it's a good weekend all around. It is. And I think people, from what I've seen, I've been to the movies the last two Sundays, people are coming out. It is really, really interesting to see a horror movie at first place, though, over a big Spielberg spectacle and, and uh, a comedy with John Cena. His name is John Cena. Yeah. You, but they can't see him. You can't see me. I can't see him. You know his whole stick? <laughs> <laughs> Quite funny, John Cena. All right. Let's break down the news. What's your first topic? Since we just talked about it, uh, horror movies. Cool. Since last year, most in, most in, in 2017, uh, it was officially the biggest year for horror movies with a total of $730 million. In box office, you had Slither, um, Splice, Snow Split. Split, yes. Get Out, It was the biggest biggest one, and they had some other ones. Happy Death Day. So I, th- I think we're going to see a, ter- a trend continue this year. And straight out the gate with uh, Strangers Pray at Night. I saw that. It was really good. Yeah. Worth all the jump scares. Better than the first? So much better than the first. They took it outside an open trailer park. So my my film buddy Jonathan Castillo and I we we argue about the first one and whether or not it's good. I fucking hated it. I hated it. He loved it. What did he love about it? I have no idea. <laughs> I, he says that he likes it. He he likes uh, the character motivations, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, but, you know, between the that one, I'd rather watch uh, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. That was really hard to watch. I saw the the DVD cover, but I don't actually. I never actually like watched the movie. Torture porn. Yeah. But uh, Strangers Pray at Night was so much better than the first one. Cast was phenomenal. Uh, Christina Hendricks and Martin Henderson. And Uh Molly recognized one of the girls from a Disney show. (laughs) Okay. It's always funny to see somebody from Disney like branching out and seeing what they do afterwards. 
Very convincing. Good. And my kid, she loves the jump scares. I mean, her palms were sweaty. This was her first big being, you know, stranded and attacked by people, not supernatural things. So she really got into it. So also with that, this year, we know, we just talked about A Quiet Place coming out. We have, following in April 13th, we have New Mutants coming out. Yes, this uh, this was the X Men horror movie, is mm-hmm. it right? Yes, I'm I'm very hesitantly excited. I, that's two things that don't that, that that's an oxymoron. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see more uh, how they do that genre turn. Kind of excited about that one, and this is something y'all posted on the um, Unreal Radio, yeah. the the prequel to the Purge. Yes, I'm. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not that excited about it. But, I mean, I, I, we supported the past couple of Purges. Uh, the Purge movies, not the actual Purge. No, let's <laughs> be clear about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we'll get a chance to check that out. Because Unreal gets exclusive deals like that. I'm excited for that one because it's a well-played, whoever puts this movie out, opening on July 4th. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And it's, I've seen the trailer. It looks like it's going to be a huge political statement. And kind of like what... Things are going on. I don't talk political, but I saw the parallels yeah, going on. And that's sweet. October 19th, we have uh, Halloween coming out. We've talked about that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, Slenderman. Yeah. Yeah. That um, seems more the mm, teen crowd. I don't really know how they're going to... I mean, I guess I... I am I am very hesitant towards that. Not even hesitantly excited, but just just hesitant because I, I don't know if you can really pull off a movie about that, especially because we've tried pulling off games about it. <laughs> so I guess. Have you seen the trailer yet? Yeah, I saw the trailer and then was like, uh. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I didn't see the trailer. I saw the teaser, ah. which is just like a couple of seconds long and just like, oh hey, we're coming out here. So uh, maybe I'm walking into this more uninformed than I should, but uh, I'll check out a trailer if they actually have one up. Trailer or two. The one I'm really excited about, we don't have a date on it yet, is uh, Slaughterhouse Rules. Yeah, I I think I remember reporting that it got delayed last year, but I don't really remember much else about it. It's in post-production. It's coming out sometime this year. The one with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Okay, that's awesome. Automatically, I'm going to see this. Great. Yeah, people are going to go see this. And I think they've broken off and started their own horror company. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the first. They're not writing and directing it, but they're starring in it. Does Edgar Wright have anything to do with it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's too bad. I love that trio. They but, need to do more. Alas. <laughs> None. Did you did you ever see the little short, the, the previs for Baby Driver? No, there is a short. Yeah, um, it, it's up on YouTube, and it's just like the little, I don't want to say like, it, it's previs. Um, but it features Nick Frost in it, and as he's one of the folks in it. Uh, I'll link you to it, but it's it's a real cool, like, what if Baby Driver was in Britain sort of thing. Ooh, yeah. brilliant. Did you see they had a Baby Driver 2 soundtrack? Say what now? They came out <laughs> with a second soundtrack to Baby Driver. Okay, that's that. I did not know this. That's cool. I was looking for it on Spotify, then I came across Edgar Wright's top 50 movie scores soundtracks. So you go to Spotify and find his list. I'll check that out. Well, for my first topic, we've got a reboot, which is Monica's least favorite word. But it's also not really a reboot as opposed to a continuation. Uh, Terminator. We're getting a new Terminator. 
We're getting a new Terminator with Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <gasps> yes! So this is going to completely ignore everything after the second Terminator movie, which... Rightly so. Yeah, my opinion, that's that's the best one. I've only seen, to be honest, I've only seen the first two. Those are the only two you need to see. <laughs> yeah. They only count. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this new Terminator movie was set to premiere on July 26th next year. It has been delayed to November 22nd, which I think that's pretty appropriate. That's what usually happens when something needs, to, needs a lot of post work, um, a lot of digital editing and that sort of thing. Um, probably a little bit of reshoots. That sort of thing just happens. I'm not too concerned about it. But the fact that it even includes Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger, come mm-hmm. on. Did you uns- did you sleuth out any uh, plot details? No, other than they're they're going to be introducing uh, Mackenzie Davis, one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she's she's known for her work on. Uh, uh, God, I was going to say Hustle and Flow, but that's not uh, Control Alt Delete. It's not it either. It's an AMC TV series about computing things. Halt and Catch Fire. Ah, yes. very cool. Um, she's going to be one of the leads in this, uh, which I'm excited about. Uh, the Deadpool director, Tim Miller, he's going to be directing. James Cameron, apparently, had something to do with the film story. He, he, he was tweaking it, and this is the first time that he's actually touched the Terminator series since the second one. So we can count on his hand being more... Excellent. Get your hand in there, rub. Do what you have to do. Yeah, don't make it like the third one. Or Salvation. Or Genesis. Or the TV show. You know, I actually heard good things about the TV show, but I never watched it. I did too. Yeah? I just thought it was funny to say. But at some point in time, I I need to check it out. Because I like the cast. Mm -hmm. Lena Headey? She's so hot. (laughs) She is hot. Who else was in the cast? Summer Glow. Um... Oh jeez, there there were other folks that I should remember, but it was it was early two thousand, so now I'm not recalling as as well as I should. And it's a Monday. And it's a Monday. Oh god, it's a Monday. <laughs> I quick off subject. Have you watched the Terry at the new AMC TV show? So I didn't know it was even a thing because I haven't been able to watch that much TV until today when I was trying to watch The Walking Dead, and then that the. Uh, the terror two two hour premiere thing popped up and I just never got a chance to see it. I watched it. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. It was in background, but was we'll save that for another day. But make sure you watch it. But anyway, Casey, what's your next story? Well, since Monica's not here, I don't have a Pokemon story, but I have a virtual reality story. Close enough. And a Kevin Smith story at the boots. That's that's a double whammy. So first off, um, he's lost what thirty pounds since his heart attack. I mean, that's like that's that's awful, but good for him. Yeah, he's dropping weight left yeah. and right. So Showtime picked up his show that he was filming when he had the heart attack. It is called Showtime Presents Kevin Smith: Silent but Deadly. Comes the premieres Friday, May eight, May eleventh at nine p.m. Okay, awesome, awesome. Check it out; it's good. But um, other than that, we have the um, Kevin Smith's new project is a. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob VR pro, uh, VR game. Okay. Where you don't see Kevin Smith, it's from his point of view, and it's following Jay around on all crazy, insane adventures. <laughs> That's actually kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to try it out. I'm curious as to how they filmed it, or how they how they captured it, I guess, with it being VR. So, uh, I don't know, maybe one of those 360 cameras that you just wore it on its head. It'd be kind of cool. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I, I'm I not the biggest fan of VR, just in general, because when I'm, 
when I'm playing things, I just want to be sitting down playing things. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to move my head around, just kind of like focus on the TV. But uh, I, I have seen some of my friends play like those VR, like the full body setups here somewhere in Memphis. Um, I think there's, there's one over in Rec Room and it always looks really fun. Ooh, that looks like fun. I think I saw that whole VR was doesn't Star Wars have a VR I'm sure I know Star Trek does I don't know about Star Wars I don't know I saw one Star Star Wars game they were playing on of all places General Hospital they get a lot of shout outs for Star Wars on that show and a lot of pop culture okay (laughs) but I've only played VR once I got a headset it was kitschy more fun was watching my grandmother experience (laughs) VR (laughs) that's funny that's that sounds funny well my next story has to do with a certain favorite actor of mine, Carl Urban. I love him. Otherwise known as Dread. I mean, he's known for a lot of things. But Pathfinder. Um, what was it? Lord Vaco in the Chronicles of Riddick. Ooh, yes. Xena. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Bourne. Uh, the Bourne Supremacy. He was he was the bad guy in that. <laughs> Came all the way from Xena. Crazy, crazy. But anyway, he has been enlisted to star in Amazon's upcoming comic book based series. Uh, it was based on Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson's books, The Boys. Uh, and this is this is an, a, a really cool take on some things that have already been done. Uh, it's, it's a group of CIA agents who are tasked with wrangling superheroes who get like Ooh. really unruly and stuff. Yeah. So it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how, how that all works out. Um, and sometimes they kill superheroes. I don't know. That guy's kind of cool. But uh, Supernatural creator and Timeless co-creator Eric Kripke will serve as the showrunner and produce the series. So, that has two wins. Yeah. Eric Kripke, Kripke has, he's genius with Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And I think he had his hands back on the Scooby thing. But, I mean, Carl Urban on a weekly television show again. Thank the gods. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him doing anything really because i love his work but whenever he takes on a role that's that's really action oriented i i have this immense respect for him because he tries to do as many of the stunts and and uh, mm-hmm. action sequences as possible himself um, he doesn't he does use some people i want to be clear about that but he doesn't overuse you know a double i think that's really cool of him but anyway it's time for the unreal pitch where we tackle gerald's game so what did you Think about it again, or uh, Gerald's this this whole movie was was a bit of a trip, and I thought it was real cool of Netflix to to have this particular movie. I, mean, I think like Stephen King movies in general, or Stephen King movies based on Stephen King's properties in general, I, I, I tend to be a fan of, even if they're kind of uh, shitty. Uh, the whole desperation uh, arc, and then the Last Stand. They were very 90s, mm-hmm. and they haven't aged well. But when I was watching them back in the day, like they were really entertaining to me, I think. Um, and to see how Stephen King movies have evolved with, say, The Dark Tower, which, no. <laughs> no. But It, It, that was that was a big reboot. Very sweet, man. Got it in the right hands. And yeah. I think with Stephen King alone, you have to get his books, his novels, and his fans, who are also filmmakers. Yeah. And let them take their passion and run with it. Yeah. I think think this one reminded me, again, how well he writes a female character. 
And I think it's hard for a lot of writers to write what it's like to be female, especially in this one, conflicting man and wife and the internal dialogue and the processes going through. So I think Carla Giugino, Gugino, however you pronounce her name, she she's always awesome. You know, I've been a huge fan of her since, I don't know, Spy Kids. <laughs> but uh, That's it, right. She wasn't, was she the mom in Spy Kids? Yeah, oh. the original mom. She before was good. Whomever it is now, I don't no i don't keep up with it but uh yeah yeah i i was i'm very excited to see her just in things in general and uh, bruce greenwood wow <laughs> i mean he dies in everything that he that he's in so i i was not surprised by that i don't think that's a spoiler by this point it's been out for a year but uh or you read the book yeah yeah that too <laughs> but he he did a great job i i really was kind of creeped out by him <laughs> They both kind of took turns creeping me out. My pitch for this movie. As I was watching this, I I had an interesting idea of of what would happen in Emma Stone and Tom Everett Scott's marriage at the end of La La Land. So I, I was... You know, this whole thing is, you know, why did, did our marriage fall apart? And, you know, we're kind of shitty people, blah, blah, blah. What if that was what happened at the end of La La Land? Uh, and, and this would be kind of a sequel to that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pitching a musical. Yay! Version, uh, featuring the characters of La La Land, with the couple being Emma Stone and Tom Everett Scott, and Ryan Gosling being the crazy stalker serial killer dude at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog is a dog. I like the dog. It took me a minute to realize that was actual person towards the end. And it was not made up character in her head. So it was just really neat. Yeah. The way they snuck that in. And I think that that was that was a purposeful thing. They didn't really want you to know. And then at the end, they're like, oh, hey, here's a news report. Oh, shit! So that was cool. Yeah, that's another reason I want to watch it again. And what really stuck out at the end is the way he waved. Not the creepy dude, but the way Bruce waved at her at the end. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Because she hasn't gotten over it. <laughs> It was touching. It was very beautiful. It was a. It was a very creepy. <laughs> like, yes. It was one of those movies that I will. I will watch, and then I just. I kind of needed to need to take a shower afterwards. Yeah. And, yeah. Watch. I'm really sad Monica's not here because I really wanted to hear her take in watching this movie. Yeah. It seems kind of outside of her. I would say comfort zone. I don't know exactly what she watches, but I really wanted to hear what she had her take on it. So. We'll save that one for later. Yeah, I'm curious. So, um, for my pitch, I kind of tossed between... Uh, first off, it really reminded me of a stage play. Okay. And I also would like to see this on the stage. could be easily done. Smoke and mirrors, whatever you want to do. I was really drawn by two particularly streetcar named Desire. Because I think this story had set really good in a dirty 1950s New Orleans French Quarter kind of thing. During Mardi Gras, where everything else is happening. But then the more I started watching it, it really took me back to the same time next year. The 1978 movie based on a stage play starring Alan Alda and Ellen Bernstein, who went on to Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's a very strong actress, so I'd really like to see this take place in 1978. And what's so endearing about same time next year, and I'd incorporate this element into the movie, is this couple meets 30 years at the same time next year to have an affair. Oh. So the cheating couple who have a relationship after 30 years, I would like to see that incorporated into Gerald's game. 
Okay, that's cool. Where they don't have the dynamics of marriage and they're re- reconnecting with a long lost friend, lover, and just to see this happen. And just, I sit there thinking, I'm like, when you get out of the handcuffs and then you have to call the significant other who at this point knows about their others having an affair, but still to have to make that phone call and have everything else to the movie. I think that was what's driving me. How do you call and tell somebody? Or you just let the police do it? So that's kind of my take, a little mix between Gerald game and uh, same time next year. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Ellen Brunson, she's uh, the mom in Requiem for a Dream, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've seen that, but I remember the mom scenes were like some of the some of the creepiest and trippiest. Uh, Marlon Wayans and uh, the, the other guy. Uh, Lido. Uh, yes. Their scenes were, were more like normal, I, I guess. I she, was cre- it was, she was creepy. And I think what creepy, the creepy about her in that movie, she's an older lady at this point. Yeah. And having to go back and act this way and really push her range and limit, I think she'd be really perfect for this character. Yeah. That's, that would be, that'd be interesting. What if it was Sissy Spacek? Ooh, even weirder. She's always weird. Ooh. Carrie's played at the drive-in this weekend, the original. <laughs> okay, that's... Jeez. <laughs> Man, did you did you ever watch the the reboot with... Uh, what's her name? Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz? I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I also didn't. Uh, but I did watch some of their promotional material. Where did, did you ever see, like, that... Where they did it live? No... Just to fuck with customers, um, they did they did like a live promotion where they took over a coffee shop or the back half of a coffee shop, and there were some some normal customers in line and all that, and then they had like special rigs for people like attached to wires and stuff, and there was a chick who was like she carried out and and did some telekinesis stuff. And, I did see that. Yeah, it's real cool. Don't they have Carrie the Musical? That is a thing. I never saw it though. I haven't seen it either. And Riverdale's doing a nod to carry the musical coming <laughs> that's, up. That's awesome. I I wish I was more up to date on that show as well. I've only ever seen one episode, and then I just didn't watch it ever again. It's save it, watch it all together. Yeah. Catch it up this summer when it ends. If it is on the Netflix, then I'm sure I will. Oh, as soon as it ends on CW, Netflix gets it. Okay. I all the CW episode seasons of episodes, whatever. So the 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 whole series is ending this summer. Is that? Well, once the season finale, you can go back immediately and watch it on Netflix. Okay, the season is ending, not the series. Not the series. Okay. I mean, it's coming back for Sabrina. We're waiting for that tie-in, the Netflix right. show. forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Which I'm also interested in. I'm very interested, <laughs> yeah. since it has the little girl from Mad Men. Yes, um, and and uh, what was her name? I, I want to say Sally, but like that's her character. Oh, well. <laughs> I was, I'm drawing a blank. She's a good little actress. Yeah. It's going to be dark and twisty. I'm just interested to see how she has grown because I literally have not watched since, I've not seen her since the last season of Mad Men. I'm glad people from Mad Men are taking off more so than from Mad Men. John Hamm. Speaking of Mad Men, I was actually playing a game with uh, Rich Summer. Um, he, he, he plays one of the, there's the office staff for, for him. Then there, there's Harry Crane, the mm-hmm. glasses guy. And then there's the other guy. Uh, he usually has a beard. Oh, God, I don't remember his actual character's name now. God, it's been so long. Yeah, but, uh, man, how... <laughs> it has been a while. 2015? 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so it was, it was just cool to hear his voice while I'm playing a video game. And I'm like, oh, I, I recognize you. Oh, wow. So he was playing the game with y'all? No, 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 no. He, oh, he, he was an actor. Was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was just kind of cool to see. But uh, yeah, success. <laughs> but uh, this is the part where we remind you that it is still submission season for the 2018 Unreal Film Festival. It's going to be this September uh, on the 21st through the 23rd. But submission season ends June 15th, so make sure you check us out on Film Freeway without a box, click for festivals, and Fest Home. You can also check out our website, which actually has our rules, uh, and you can directly submit through us there. Honestly, the rules are, are you a horror, sci-fi, or a fantasy film? Then you should submit to us. Now. Now. Get working. And if you're local, you get to submit for free. That's crazy. And then we get to interview you. It'll be... Super awesome, especially when we're on site and we're, we're interviewing you at the Malco Par- Nope, sorry. When we're interviewing you at the Malco Studio on the Square here in Memphis, and and we get to do it live, and we get to make you look really awkward. I mean, awesome. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for our topic of the day, we're going to be talking about something real local and real relevant here to Memphis. Our good friends. Chris Reyes and Sarah Fleming are in the middle of an eviction proceeding uh, currently in downtown Memphis. And today we had a rally downtown. About 100 people turned out uh, in a Stand for Creatives rally to support them as the owners of Madison Hotel went to court last year to evict them from their Main Street loft. Um, and that's been the subject of an ownership dispute. Unfortunately, the General Sessions judge sided with the hotel and the ruling has been appealed to the circuit court. This is a kind of kind of a big deal because these two are some of the most prolific filmmakers here in Memphis. Um, most co- giving. Absolutely. Loves the community. Specifically downtown. They've done so much to to revitalize and to to make their work as downtown centric as possible, which I think is is really has really helped out the Memphis scene, you know? All of it. Yeah, and, and you've got a couple of the things they've gotten done. Well, they've started Live for Memphis years ago, which helped local musicians, artists, filmmakers get their stuff out, promote their work, help networking. That's how I met them and started working in film with them in 2004. Christopher's done a karate class, or Kajikimbo, mm-hmm. taught that in their home. They've also done um, Flipside Memphis, which totally showed all of downtown Memphis. The art, different things, um, bike exploitation film fest, little film fest, sixty seconds, or sorry, sixty seconds. They, I mean, their hands are in everything to downtown lighting murals to art pieces, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and some some background on this. So Chris and his mother, uh, Vernice Kuglin, say that they bought the upstairs after the building was divided into condominiums in 93, but the Madison's owners maintain that they bought the entire building in 2016. And this ownership dispute came to light as the Madison's new owners out of Chicago prepared to renovate the building next door to the hotel. Speakers portrayed it as a case of gentrification in which a couple devoted to downtown's revitalization find themselves being pushed out by investors attracted to that revitalization. That's a, it's part of an article in the Commercial Appeal. Have you ever worked with a... Ever worked with what? Have you ever worked with Christopher and Sarah? Um, not, not directly, not on their projects. We've like encountered each other on other people's film sets, but we've 
we've never I've never had the privilege to work on one of theirs and they probably wouldn't be wanting to be working on one of mine so yeah yeah because I'm all small and Indian shit and they're they're up there so if you're willing to contribute uh, a friend of theirs started a GoFundMe account for their legal fees the fees are mounting it's astronomical high I don't even have a price for that but they do have a save Christopher and Sarah's home on GoFundMe if you have if you can help help out or otherwise just support local artists get this out let people know come to the stand for the creatives in Memphis yeah, yeah, and I think that we can say on behalf of Unreal Film Fest and the Unreal Radio Group, uh, we, we definitely appreciate everything that Christopher and Sarah have done for the film community here in Memphis, and we stand by you. 100% what you've done for all of us. That said, it is time for us to wrap up here, so remember you can follow Unreal Radio and the Unreal Film Fest on all your social media. Hey, Casey. Hey, sis. If the audience wants to find you outside this podcast, where do they go? They can find me on Snapchat as Memphis Lunatic and Instagram to keep up with a little of my photography, my makeup. Uh, Facebook, Casey with a K, D's. You can check me out on my website, www.thelegendary6.com. You can also check me out as The Legendary Six on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to check out my Facebook page, it's Joe, spelled J-Y-O, Carolina. Just remember to stay tuned to Unreal Radio, where three, sometimes four, but also sometimes just two, film industry professionals get together around the tables with stuff for sci-fi and fantasy news. I am Six Carolina. I'm Casey. Keep it unreal. Ooh, I said it. Finally. <laughs>